All right, guys, welcome to episode 109 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy, Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And this week, we talk about Horizon Forbidden West, Thor Love and Thunder, My Chemical Romance. Uh, (laughs) That turned into Linkin Park and Fred Durst and how 9-11 killed New Metal. Um, And then we we touch briefly on Emmy nominations for comedy shows, and that leads us to fascism and environmental (laughs) disaster. But first... As usual, we'll talk about uh, you know what we've been watching, playing, yeah. listening to, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I guess I'll start with one of mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, something I've been playing. So uh, I finally finished Horizon uh, Forbidden West. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. And overall, mm-hmm. I think I give this game like an eight mm-hmm. out of ten. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's very solid. Um, I think there is, boy, like, I feel like if you just did the main story quests, there's not much to this game. Like, like, I think, and I could be wrong, but I feel like, I feel like there's a couple main story quests, or hold on, oh boy, alright, so I'm fucking this all up. So maybe it's not as bad as I think, but you have a, a few quests, and then you get to the point where... You need to get the other functions, right? Right. That little, like, three mission fetch quest is, like, all of Act 2. And then, yes. like, and then like Act 3, I feel like, is, like, three missions. Yeah. And then it's over. And I definitely agree. And not just that, but also, at the end of Act 1, you get that huge battle, right? Where Regal is up on the oh, hill. Oh, yeah. And you're like, yep. oh, shit. Right? And it's great. And then you're like, oh, fuck, dude. Oh. I can't imagine what like the end of Act Two is gonna be like. And, oh, the climax! Oh my god, I can only imagine how fucking nuts it's gonna be. It's gonna be incredible, right? And I feel like that's kind of like where it, not peaks, but it all sort of is at that level. Yeah, the thing that really hurt me the most is like I don't know. So Act Two felt like a lull, and it felt like they needed something like to pad out time. Yeah, because ultimately, like that doesn't really add anything to the story it's literally three fetch quests right right and, and and i think when i first played it i mentioned that it was a lot like it too and i know you said you haven't seen it too but if you're listening to this and you've seen it too then you sort of it's like that you can imagine what that's like so you know in it too they're like oh we gotta defeat pennywise you know he's back right and i don't i think i i think as a story it too no matter how well it's done just will not work because it is a completely different kind of horror story like adults the whole thing about it is like oh my god the the adults are in on it too right like that's part of the charm but anyway and so for part two they're like we gotta defeat clown okay each one of us split up we'll find some sort of um like the horcrux from harry potter like a little bit right. that, that helps us defeat it right and so you know oh okay you like immediately i remember watching me like oh that's what this movie's gonna be no 
okay. Like Bill Hader's going to go off and he's going to get into get his spooky situation and then at the end get the thing and survive. And then Jessica Chastain's going to go and find her thing, get into a spooky situation and barely survive. And then Eddie's going to do the same thing, right? And so basically yeah. do that seven times again and again and again the, and again and again. The weirdest thing is that like all right, so I don't I don't know enough about uh, I'm not a writer. Um so like I I don't know for sure, but I feel like the story would have felt better if you did almost exactly the same thing, right? Except instead of, like, so, I, I feel like I can say this because it's not really a spoiler because you have no idea what any of these are if I tell you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, like, Gaia is like, I need Hephaestus. And so, I feel like if we cut out the bit of having to get the three other functions and just made the quest to getting Hephaestus, like, a long... You know what I mean? Like, because the whole thing is, they're like, how do we capture... Like, like if they'd have just turned that into, like, you go here, you try this, you fail, and you get him, or, you like, he flees and goes somewhere else. Like, it probably still doesn't feel great, but it at least feels more direct, as opposed to, like... Go get this thing so that I can go do this other thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. make like, it if I have problems um... getting a Festus as opposed to, like, go get three keys, like, I just leave me alone. <laughs> right, right. Like, it, like, make it more natural. Less, less, I'm going to have to get three identical things from three separate locations that have, th and I know that kind of works, like, in a Pokemon gym or, like, when we were kids, I know that worked like that. I know Digimon was like that, too. It's like every episode, we a different kid got a, a special stone that let him digivolve, right? And the story right. was different thing, but it was like, but I mean, and I love that, but of course, you know, I was a child, and right, yeah, I, it's not like adults at the time were like, this is riveting, <laughs> right, right, and it, they're probably know, like, wow, this is the same shit again. <laughs> and even if they were, you know, when you when you were watching somebody do it, they go through different trials, different characters learn different things, you know. Mm -hmm. In this one, it's one character that you control that you can sort of make do whatever you want. Right, like it's less. Yeah, it, it becomes more repetitive and less like, oh my god, Iggy learned to be courage. You know, to have courage in this episode. And like, oh my god, Sora learned to be humble. You know, it, it's like, right, it's it's just the same character. Yeah, and there's no growth in any of those three encounters. It's just right. like I went and got the thing. So yeah. it's like you, there's no like, I don't know. It just feels bad. And then lastly, like the they fumble the fucking ending so hard, in my opinion. Which is that, like, I had started to get back into the story. I was, like, all in, right? I was mm. like, oh, what the fuck? And there's the moment before a climactic mission. And the thing is, is it does the thing every video game does. And, and like, it's, it's, it's weird because, like, some video games do it well and some don't. Which is that, like, it, like before the mission, it's like, make sure you've done everything you want to do because this is, like... Here's the thing. It doesn't say it's the last one. It just says, like, because we're leaving, basically. And the thing is, some games do that, and it just means, literally, like, this is going to be a very long sequence, and things are going to be, like, like you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be able to come back and change shit. Right, right. Like, this is this is it. So, and generally, it means it's the end, but, like, sometimes it doesn't feel so short. Or, like, they do that. And then they make this end mission just, like, a long uh, cinematic thing, right? Like, uh -huh. they're, like... So, anyways, before that mission, there's the thing where it's, like, 
one of the guys is like, we don't know everything about this other person, and I don't know if we should trust them. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And she goes like, don't worry, I'm already on it. And then the mission starts. And she's like... And then also right before that, like, they leave, she calls two other people over, and she's like, here's what you're doing. You're getting... While we're doing everything else, I need you two to get information on this other person to make sure everything's cool. Right? Right, right. The big twist is that when they find information, right? Which which you know from the moment the mission starts. You're like, they're going to find something. Because it's the whole fucking point. Right? You there There is a cross somewhere. Right? Right, right. The cross is... So they do a good job because the cross isn't what you think it is. Right? It's not like that person's actually a bad guy. It's like, oh, there's a whole different problem here that they're trying to escape which i'm actually 50 50 on whether that's good or not because like on the one hand it's not the obvious thing so like that was kind of interesting and fun but then also like here's this new thing we know nothing about that all of a sudden is the big bed so like i don't know but then like nothing's done with it it's just like (laughs) peace out that's it like Mm. the, the final boss doesn't feel climactic because like the situation that leads to that boss is so stupid mm. like she's like come with me and you're like, no and it's like fight and it's like what the fuck are we t-? like you couldn't do anything better than that for the final boss <laughs> like, right right like for the most climactic battle in this whole fucking well what's supposed to be in this whole fucking game that i've now spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours playing it's like Come with me and be safe. It's like, no, I want to save people. It's just like the whole thing goes to shit. And I'm just like, why is this? I just feel like they could have done better, especially considering the first one is written so well. Mm -hmm. I feel like the writing in the first one is fucking impeccable. Like every twist and turn you come across, it just feels so great. And this one's just like, ugh. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and this thing is like, you know, when you go like, oh, you're going to make a sequel to. Batman Begins, you gotta do the Dark Knight, you're like, okay, you just gotta write it, right? Two and a half hours, maybe three. But for yeah. this, you gotta be like, alright, it's gotta make sense. So, like, the story within the story, like, the the the, the Regala and the clans, that has to make sense, and you have to have stakes for that, but then also the the, the Uber story, that has to make sense, and it has to and click also- as well, and so it's like, you have to keep both of them, plus the side missions, it's like, I can the thing see- too, is that now that you mentioned it, I kind of like, I mean, I had this thought, but it didn't occur to me to say it just now. But, like, I feel like they do such an awful job at, like, keeping things relevant. Which is to say that, like, literally, Silence, who's in the first game, so Mm -hmm. you see Silence at the very beginning of this game, and you learn, like, he's what sets this whole fucking thing off. He is literally the guy that causes the whole second game, Mm -hmm. right? He doesn't show up again till the very end! And he's not, and it's not like... It's not like he doesn't show up, but you, like, he's damn near unimportant to everything that happens, right? Like, I guess what I'm saying is it's not like, it's not like you're following Silence to try and find him the whole time, right? Like, you, you leave, like, he starts the whole thing, he disappears, he doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. he's back at the end, and he matters immensely. Regala is the... First act, like, conflict, right? Mm-hmm. She doesn't matter at all, again, to the beginning, and or till the end. And it's just like, you set up these things at the very beginning, knowing you were going to come back to them, 
and then just didn't touch him in the middle? Like, what was your play? Yeah. Because like, the thing is, too, is that I didn't do... I didn't do any of the Rebel Outpost or Camps until the very end, right before the last mission, just because I was like, I'm going to just go ahead and knock these out. And then, like, she came back, and I was like, what if I'd have never done those? I'd have been like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, you're so not important. Why are yeah. you here? Like, yeah, she's gone, bro. Like, what are you, like, what are you here for? Like you said, like, what are you here for? Right. And I'm just like, the whole thing with the Tanakh and Hakara, like, none of that shit really matters. Like, it all just feels bad. Like, a lot of the shit you spent time with doesn't matter. Some of the stuff that's super important you didn't spend time with, it just doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Like, the Quen seem like they're going to be super important, and, like, they're just not. It's just fucking, it's, the more I think about it, the story's, like, the story's pretty bad. And I think the gameplay is great, so I feel like an 8 is still fair. Mm-hmm. Um, But, like, man, I just, like I said, Seeing how the first one was written and all the little, I don't know how to explain, like all the little storylines all kind of come together super nicely. And mm-hmm. it's just like, this feels so just, and and someone mentioned, I saw on Reddit, someone was like, they were talking about the, the show, right? And they said the show wasn't going to follow Aloy at all, mm-hmm. I, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone was like, that seems weird, considering, and they were like, maybe it's going to follow Elizabeth Sobeck. And they were like, probably not, whatever. Anyways. The whole thing was that, like, someone in the comments just mentioned, they were, they said, I mean, they don't have to keep coming back to these important characters. Forbidden West didn't come back to the Nora or somebody else, like some, the Banuk, right, there in the expansion? Yeah, mm-hmm, the North, yeah. They were like, they didn't come back to those at all and it didn't feel bad. And I was like, it felt awful. I so frequently was like, man, I wish we had some more of the Nora shit in here. Like, <laughs> like it was so noticeably bad to me. Like, the, every time Varl talks about anything, I'm like, God, I wish we just had some interjection from any of the other people we already knew. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And also, I think the story, just the way it's set up, they like, it seems like they made the conscious decision to just be like, nothing in the first game matters, really. Like, none of the people you met, none of the things you did, none of the... Like, it's all separate. This is a separate game, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And it's like, but that's not what feels good in a story-driven game like this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, it'd, be like, it'd be like if The Last of Us 2 was literally just about Ellie and Joel wasn't involved at all. You'd be like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I did like that they kept referring that, that they're always like, that she always gets awkward or... Um embarrassed about her saving meridian like everybody she meets yeah oh my god it's the savior meridian oh my god it's the the savior it's the protector and she's like please it's just Aloy, please also the it's weird to me though that like the tanakh also call her the savior of the meridian because they don't even fucking like them (laughs) like why is this yeah yeah i understand i pushed back regala but like maybe that's what you should refer to me as not the savior of meridian like you're just some random fucking guy out in the west that doesn't give a shit about any of this yeah, like, like i don't know why for, <laughs> right i don't know like man I, I think i'm just really disappointed i felt like this could have been and should have been much better than it was yeah um there was no reason for it to be uh, as the story to be as bad as it was. I feel like they could have gone in a million directions. And this, st- some of the stuff they had there was good. And it's just like, they just didn't execute. 
Yeah. Um, um, I think they mentioned some of that in the Honest trailer. I don't know if you watched it or if I sent it over to you, but they did one for it. And it's pretty much the same thing okay. with what you said, where it's like, you know, the, the combat's really good and the story might not be there, but, you know, everything else looks so nice and shiny that you just kind of forgive it for its faults. Right. Yeah, and I don't... I don't know how much I, like... I guess I just can't blatantly forgive it. So I give it, like, seven and a half, eight. I think it's the best way to... Yeah. It's how it feels to me, right? Like, it, I did have fun playing it. Um, another problem I have with it is that... I didn't start enjoying a lot of the combat until I got, like, a legendary piece of gear. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was like, oh, now I can make, like, a play style out of this. Right. Like, I can play a certain way. Because I feel like up until you get the legendary gear, it's just like, let me just throw on whatever seems to be the highest level. Right? Like, my legendary gear was all, like, stealth-based. And that's when I was like, all right, now that this is the case, like, I can have fun with this. Because when I go into a fight, I know I need to sneak around. And, like, I can use my special ability that lets me go invisible to help sneak around and blah, blah, blah. And it like all starts to piece together a little bit. So it becomes fun. Whereas before it's just like, I'm just shooting whatever the strongest arrow I have is and whatever the strongest enemy is. Um, so I feel like they could have maybe done something there, but I don't really know. How did you like the, uh, how did you like the arena? I thought that was pretty fun. Like it's like kill these in this amount of time and, and get Uh, points legendary for it. I loved those. My only problems were I didn't like any of the, like, I had some legendary stuff already and none of the legendary gear that they offered, like, fit in, like, with what I already had going. So I was like, I don't really need any of this gear. Um, Also, I didn't do it till the very end. Um, So that's part of it. And then lastly, I hated, (laughs) I hated the fixed gear challenges. Oh, that was at the end of every level? Yes. Yeah, because that, like... They gave you the most dog shit stuff. Yeah, like I'd look, I'd open the weapon wheel and I'd be like, "Why is this?" Especially for I the have? last one, dude. For against what was it? You were taking a. I don't think I did the very last one. The very very I last one I... is a pain in the dick. It's like um the super fast like saber tooth tiger one and a thunder jaw, but they're both the apex ones. Right. Oh my god! What a fucking there was it, one I... fucking shitty weapons for it. Yeah, there was one. It was like two spikes knots and a. Not, yeah, two spikes snouts, and I can't remember what the big monster was, but like the problem was just like there was no danger. I was just like, I just can't deal enough damage with the shit, the garbage you gave me. <laughs> like, like I just kill it and it be did take too long, and I'd be like, you motherfuckers, bro. <laughs> like, why does it have to be this way? Um, but yeah, um, I mean, if you played the first one and liked it, you'll probably like this one too. It's probably worth playing, but. It's not a situation where it comes out and I'm like, boy, you really need to, like, go back and, like, get into this because of this game, I guess, is the best way I can explain it. Like, Hmm. I'm not going to, off the strength of two, be like, wow, people really need to go and play one and two. Like, the only reason I'd say people need to play this is because I feel like people need to play one. And then from there, if they did not like one, I'd be like, whatever, like, it's not for you then. Yeah, exactly. Um, because, Because one's, I think, just a stronger entry in basically every regard. Yeah, um, I agree. So, that's that. Um, for Horizon Forbidden West, finished it, and yeah, uh, I'll yeah. be I, moving on to a different game later. Yeah, I feel the same way. I Probably the, like an 8, 
Like that's how that's sort of how I felt when I talked about it on here when I finished it. It's like it's good, you know. Most games do not look this pretty, do not have this nice combat, do not have like this good of a just everything, but it's not as good as one. Which I think, like I've said before, right. I said I'm pretty sure probably my favorite video game of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, Horizon Forbidden West. Um so do you want to talk about uh what you watched? Yeah, yeah. So this week I actually don't have um I am it's pretty low compared to my usual um low they um no show. I'm finishing up the boys season three, so I'll talk about that next week. But I did watch the big movie of the week, which is uh Thor Love and Thunder. So I saw it uh last Thursday. And um I guess I'll start with the pros. And the pros are well, I guess I'll give you like a quick basically the plot summary is like Thor is sort of trying to find his way in the world and then um you know this god butcher comes into the um scene and then he has to stop him that's pretty much it okay. um so the pros are there's a pretty good there's, there's this little bit with the axes because um you know stormbreaker comes back and that's Stormbreaker, the, the the hammer mjolnir comes back yeah. and chooses natalie portman to be thor excuse me <clears throat> and so Thor is like, oh my god, the hammer's back. Oh my god, I miss you so much. And then Stormbreaker, like, there's like scenes where it like hovers into the frame, and he's like, oh, oh hey, hey, honey, uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and like those, those are that. That's like the best bit of the movie. So that's great. Um, and Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher, I think, does a very serviceable job with what he's given. Um, and he's he looks great. And there's like a sequence. Oh, and then there's a sequence on. I think the, I don't know if it's his planet, but it's like one of his planets that looks great. And I think is is the highlight of the movie. Um, okay. The cons are everything else. Oh, um, so, yeah. Thor Ragnarok, I think, I was telling Sydney as we were walking out, works because it's meat and potatoes with a good, healthy sprinkling of spice. Right? Right. Whereas this is spice oh, with a sprinkling of meat and potatoes. Right. And so it ends up just being like just too many uh, fast, rapid jokes, which I think if there were fewer of them, it would lend better. Too many just kind of like not great looking action sequences. Like the, the, the story is so busy with trying to land the next joke that it doesn't have time to just breathe. There's this there's a, a scene with Natalie Portman and Thor on a boat that when it happens, your brain is so wired to expect some sort of fucking goofy joke that you're that it, it you go, oh, oh, wait, this is a serious scene. Oh wow, this is actually kind of nice. Oh, oh, this is good. Like, this is, why isn't the rest of the movie like this? But then after that, it's like, boom, 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 boom. You know, it's 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 the classic. It's what I talked about with Elvis last week, where, or right. two weeks ago, where I was like, this guy is giving the performance of a lifetime, an all-time great performance. And the movie is so caught up in doing a style that it doesn't just let him breathe. It doesn't let him just live as Elvis. And he's fucking killing it. And he's probably going to get an Oscar for it. But the movie's still like, turn around, spin, spin, cut, 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 cut. Right. And I feel like that's what Thor is. It's just like, it's like two hours, and he's like, oh, do a goofy joke. Oh, don't show me doing here. Oh, Corgi's doing some dumb shit. Oh, Valkyrie's doing saying some dumb shit. Oh, Russell Crowe's here as Zeus. Oh, and I'm like, okay, like, just fucking breathe. Like, <laughs> give me just like a reason to care why Thor should care about this God Butcher thing. Um, And uh, so, yeah. I honestly don't know like what went wrong. Um, my guess. I, I, so the thing is too, like 
before this movie came out, and I, I haven't watched it yet, but, mm-hmm. like, I remember feeling like, I was like, boy, there's, sounds like there's just a lot going on. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's like, simultaneously, like, a lot, and also nothing going on. I, yeah, I guess, because I don't know the events of the movie, mm-hmm. but, like, the pieces, there are a lot of pieces, right? Like, I know the movie's gonna start with him and the Guardians together, and I'm assuming that's gonna be very short-lived. I got the Natalie Portman thing, I gotta, con- like, contend or not, um, not contend with, but, uh, like, resolve somehow, mm-hmm. right? Like, you, mm-hmm. you've shown us she's in there. Gore the God was in there, that's gotta resolve somehow. Um... And it's just like, I feel like you added a lot of Thor's own story. Like, I don't know where he's at the end of Infinity War and mm-hmm. Ragnarok. Like, basically, Thor's storyline is like, he's done. Like, it's it's yeah. basically like, so I'm like, we got to create a, uh, a motivation. We have to figure out what he's doing with this first group of people. There's somebody else that's now Thor also. Got to figure out what to do with that. There's... A villain got to figure out what to do with that, and I was just like, I, I just feel like there's a lot of moving parts, and like you said, if a movie ends up trying to crack a bunch of jokes the whole time, then maybe we don't flesh out any of these things enough, and it just feels yeah. like nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I, but and it's like, but Marvel has done that before, right? Like, it's like the funniest movie in the MCU, in my opinion, is Spider Man Homecoming. Um, okay. I feel like some people probably wouldn't agree. They would say like Guardians or maybe one of the other ones, but I think Guardians is where my head went originally. Yeah, or Ragnarok. Yeah, Ragnarok. Yeah, like one of those two. But for me, like Homecoming is just the funniest. It's like the most relatable. It's like high school stuff. But it's like you said, you know, it introduced or it expanded on Peter. It gave us a pretty great villain. It you know it did it did like um, Tony Stark shit right, and it mm-hmm. it did basically everything you said, but well and like with care. And right. you gave a shit. Um, and maybe, you know, people people you know, immediately were like, oh, this is the death of the MCU. This is it. They're, they're giving up. I'm like, what? what are you talking about? We literally had Multiverse of Madness two months ago, and I thought it was pretty fucking great. I said it was top third Marvel. Like, I have a great time. I, like, I had a great time with it. I, re- I watched it twice in theaters, and I watched scenes of, you know, of it on YouTube, and it comes up on Twitter all the time. So I'm like... Mm-hmm. What do you mean, right? Especially when, and also Miss Marvel is on TV right now, and it's like the best series they've done. So it's like, I haven't heard anything about Miss Marvel. Yeah, like I, it definitely isn't doing numbers like it should, but it's been the best show that they've done. Probably, yeah. Like I haven't finished it yet. Better than Loki. Yeah, yeah. I've liked it a lot. I've liked a lot. I think it's done a great job of. Well, I'll talk about it next week when I finish it. But so far, I mean, I've loved what they've done with. Um, Kamala, and then also where she's gone and what she learns, and the powers look great, and then also the community that she's in feels like pretty well developed and lived in, unlike something like Moon Knight. Um, But uh, but yeah, but yeah, so that's going on at the same time, and then we had you know Doctor Strange, so I'm like, no, they just you know they fumbled the bag on one. Um, Scott Mendelson on Twitter, the writer for Forbes, he was like, I think the problem is that people sometimes, you know, because we don't have a clear idea as to where phase four is going that we sometimes misidentify or misplace our expectations as to what kind of movie we're going to get he said because usually with the with these mcu movies we either get kind of like a tv show you know you get a mythology episode which sort of pushes the whole series forward or you get a monster of the week 
and he said, you know, and he was like, you know, with Multiverse of Madness, that's an that's a you know mythology episode. But he said Thor is probably a monster of the week. Now, all monsters of the week episodes are not created equal, and so therefore, maybe this one probably didn't work because of that, right? Guardians of the Galaxy two, same thing. It's a you know monster of the week. It's Ego, the Believing Planet. It didn't push Infinity War stuff forward, right? Same right. thing with Black Panther. Um, and so he was like, you know, we have to, you know, we people sometimes go into these and being like, I want to see the next multiverse, or I want to see the next, you know, maybe they'll introduce the next Thanos in this one. But it's like, no, it's just, you know, just the characters hanging out, doing a mission of the week, I think, but it just didn't think, work out. I think the problem, though, is I feel like, let's, all right, <laughs> so what, all right, Black Widow, Monster of the Week, Shang-Chi, great. Still Monster of the Week. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, I guess, is a mythology pushing yeah, forward with the, one. Yeah, with the multiverse stuff. But it doesn't... I don't feel like it adds that much. Like, we already knew the multiverse was there. We don't deal with he who remains or whatever his name is who seems to be the... He, he's the only inkling we have of, like, an end result, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's the only thing close. So, I'm going to say that's, like, half and half. Because also, like, I don't don't know. Like, Scarlet Witch is important, but ultimately, like, she's, like, this this was still just a monster of the week just getting rid of her. You know what I mean? Like, and so then we've got a monster of the week in this one that's not good. And so I think, ultimately, like, we've gotten very little in the way of, like, the mythology of grand scheme moving stuff forward. We've gotten very little. And so... Like, even loving Doctor Strange, I feel like you can admit that it it wasn't the most well-received in terms of, like, some people thought it was a little much. Some people thought it was kind of out there. You know what I mean? Like, and I love those things about it, but the general public's not also as as high on it as we are, right? No, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not going to end up making... Was that Captain so, Marvel money or Black Panther money? But it still was pretty well received. I think it eventually has crossed four hundred mil, which I think okay. puts it above Far From Home and below Captain Marvel. So it's like not like you said, like not supremely popular, but definitely not like oh my god, the audience just hated it. Which I think was yeah. some people's reactions. First but time. I guess like I, the other thing too that it probably hurts is that I felt like going into this next phase, right? Like the the next phase, we got rid of a lot of the old people. We were going ha- to have to like Spider Man, Doctor Strange, and Thor were going to have to carry the hype, right? Like they were going to have to be the ones to like get people going. You know yeah. what I mean? Because like the the other big two are gone. Yeah, um, and then you know Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther is also gone, so it's right. Like, yeah, you've, so you've so you got Spider Man, which I feel like did pretty good, uh, but even <laughs> even oh, still, yeah. the the most recent Spider Man was still like Monster of the Week. You know what I mean? Like it didn't. Oh, but didn't... I think I think with multiverse, I think we'll eventually end up doing like I think that's where they want to be headed. I don't know if how. Oh no, but see the now, thing but... is though is that like I, just. Just because it has a multiverse in it doesn't mean it's giving us anything. Like, we already knew multiverses were a thing, like, via Loki. You know what I mean? So, right. like, even though it has a multiverse, it didn't actually do anything for us. I, I guess we'll, I, I can't come up with a good example of the older, like, Marvel movies of, of what I think I'm going for here. But, like, it'd be like if a random movie, like, 
had Thanos in it a lot, but like nothing happened. Like it was just him talking. You'd be like, I mean, I guess he's there, so it's yeah. but like nothing changes. We haven't we haven't gotten any further of an idea into where this is going towards. Yeah, based on this, so it's still just a monster of the week. Like, so Spider Man was great, but didn't push for anything forward. Doctor Strange was a little out there. Like I like I said, I still think it did well, but it I I don't know. Like I said, I just don't think the general public has felt as good about it as we did. And then for Thor to turn into this, like I, that's rough. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. this this should have been one of the three. Now, luckily for me, Shang Chi was incredible. Like mm-hmm. it's still probably my favorite movie that's come out. Out of out of this whole phase, yes. I think Shang Chi yeah. is probably the strongest, and um, you know maybe that'll be important going forward. Oh, the Eternals was a dud, right? Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I, it mean like, I liked it more than most people, but yeah, it wasn't like as well received as a, like a Guardians was. Right. So I just man, I just feel like I can. Here's the thing: I'm not gonna say like this is the end of Marvel, but like. It's it's looking kind of funny in the light right now. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you I really if, need to pull something off soon. <laughs> yeah, I think if if Miss Marvel had ended up being um, like Moonlight quality, I would have been like, oh shit, that's like you know, three mid shows, you know, one not great movie, um, like something's you know it's batting about five hundred, whereas before it was much higher. Um, so I think if they didn't have Miss Marvel, I'd be like, oh shit, like what are they gonna do? But, Maybe uh, that's why I feel that way because I don't feel like I've seen or heard anything about Miss Marvel. I mean, like not a thing. I saw an ad and I was like, "That show is the thing that's happening." Like, I didn't even know that that show had started, let alone mm. is how far is it into it? Um, the f- it's six episodes. I think they've been doing the six episodes thing. I think the finale is today's when today or next week. So it's right, right. I had no idea the show had even started yet. Yeah. So like, the yeah, show may it, be great, but I feel like if if everyone's kind of just like not dealing with it, then I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I or not I interacting did, with it. What they did was so they had you know the Obi Wan show, but instead of waiting for that to end and then premiering this the next week, they like premiered it like in the middle of the Obi Wan show for some reason. You know, and maybe. The thing is, I feel like I haven't heard anything about Obi Wan other than people occasionally being like, "This is not very good." Um, so I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, because yeah, usually you know they have like one big show going. You usually ping pong. I mean, it's pretty much what HBO has always done. They'll have like The Sopranos, and then when the season ends the next week and they start the big show, they would never do The Sopranos. And halfway through The Sopranos, start curb your enthusiasm, right? Right. So that's how they were doing it. But then this time, for some reason, they started Miss Marvel in the middle of. Obi-Wan. So I was like, why would they, like, it doesn't make any sense. And then afterward, you know, now I, I think I'm episode four or five into it. I'm like, well, why would they do this? Because like the show is great. So like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but like, like I said, I can see why people feel that way, at least at this moment. Like I could see why people are starting to be like, um, like I hope you guys have something figured out because yeah. it doesn't necessarily look like it at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they'll be, they'll be at Comic Con in, I think, a week or two. So, I'm hoping they have some sort of reveal. They haven't been there since 2019. 
Um, mm-hmm. Of course, well, 2020 was canceled and the last year was also canceled or maybe they did it online. Um, but this is the first year they'll be back. So, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see in like a week. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully there's something something uh, to satisfy the people on this yeah. one. So that's uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Sydney liked it more than I did. Um, she, I don't know, there's like some things with like the kids from Asgard that she thought was really um, like insightful about childhood. But I was like, eh, I don't know. I mean, it didn't work for me, but um, I could see why she liked it. Um, the action is fine. There's one great, like I said, there's one great sequence on like this tiny, like a small planet, mm-hmm. um, like the size of a building that looks great. And there's like a, like a bright white sun sort of spinning around. So like the light is turning all that constantly and it looks really, really good. And it also, you can get the weight and the feel of it. Um, but other than that, the action is just okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh yeah and and, and, it, you know, and some of the comedy's funny but then some of it is you're just like oh huh. okay. and so if they're if they're rapid firing some mediocre stuff in there too it probably loses the weight of the good ones yeah. you know what i mean yeah like, exactly yeah i mean like it was packed house and some of them just dropped like lead balloons and i remember being like oh god which has never happened in a marvel movie like that before it was a complete you know not a complete 180 because some people still laugh but it was like very different from even the atmosphere in no way home where mm-hmm. it was rockets the whole time yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I, I'm probably still going to go see it at some point. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's the thing is that I, I, you know, I wanted to stress when I tell people that it, you know, I was like, oh, here's the faults, here's this, here's that. I wanted to always to stress to people, kind of like with our Black Widow review, it's like, look, like these movies, their standard is so high, right? Mm-hmm. That even a movie that I think Love and Thunder would be better than 90% of the movies superhero movies before 19 or uh, before uh, 2010 or 2008 um yeah. but nowadays we've been conditioned to get great movies not even just from them but from dc right aquaman and shazam are also great that if a movie doesn't fire on all cylinders and is a five out of five or four and a half out of five that it's like oh man it's terrible but i'm like you know it's so worth seeing like it's a good it's a fine two hours i've just been i've just been conditioned to get fantastic fucking no way home you know i came out of it like that was on cloud nine i was like that was fantastic like i can't wait to see it again it was it was so cool and like i i just loved every moment of it especially the last like half and then to come out of something like this and be like oh you know it's fine it just feels like a faller or a further fall than if it was just like a regular movie right so yeah that's like i said definitely probably uh well definitely probably all right cool uh learn to speak but uh, i will probably end up seeing it Mm -hmm. um so i will let you know how i feel about it whenever uh i do come across it yeah yeah definitely so um the the last thing i want to talk about that Mm -hmm. i've you know watched or listened to recently is um i was like i can't remember how i came across it like i saw something and uh, a song by My Chemical Romance came on in the background, and it was Selena. And um, that was never my type of music. Um, I, you know, I you pick it up through osmosis because it was super popular, at the, you know, at a time when you were formative, right? You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, you pick up some of it through osmosis, but I heard it, and I was like, man, this sounds really good. Like, this sounds way better than I remember it sounding. And so, like, I listened mm-hmm. to it the first time on, like, Spotify, let's yeah. say. 
and I was like, man, this is actually kind of a banger. And then I looked up the video. So welcome to the Black Parade. And I was like, this is kind of a fucking banger. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Let me go back and watch the video to Helena because I, I didn't remember what it was. Yeah. And boy, did I immediately turn. Like, I immediately was like, never mind. Like, like I, the video to Helena. Man, all right. So, have you seen the, like, on Twitter, right? I'm sure yeah. you've seen it. Where people are like, man, I used to get made fun of for watching anime, and now it's super mainstream. And everyone's yeah. like, no, you didn't get made fun of for watching anime. You got made fun of because you tried to go Super Saiyan and you ran like Naruto. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, that's immediately how I felt watching this video. And I was like, that's why I didn't fuck with this music. Because... <laughs> The thing is, is, so Welcome to the Black Parade is, it's weird because if you watch those two videos and you somebody told you they were made by the same like band, right? You'd be like, that that seems reasonable. But like, I feel like Welcome to the Black Parade tried to do like a very artistic and like meaningful video, right? Like they like they swung for something, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. like we talked about Doctor Strange. Like at least you were fucking swinging. Like, whether you landed it or not, you you were fucking swinging for something. Helena, on the other hand, I feel like we're swinging for nothing. Helena was just doing standard fucking, like, goth emo kid shit. Yeah. And it drive me insane. So, <laughs> here's the thing. I just sent you three pictures. So, the thing that bothered me the most, right? Like, I, the whole funeral aesthetic and, like, I don't know what the fuck they were trying to get across. But, I, that's not a problem for me. The problem is the lead singer... Doing did these pictures come through for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. The lead singer is doing so many like aggressive like hand gestures while he's singing, and he's also like, man, he's like singing with his teeth is how I'm gonna say it. Like he's like going out of his way to like show every single one of his teeth while he's singing, so that you know you you you, you paid for the whole seat, but you only got the edge, bro. He's trying to be the edgiest human being on the face of the earth. I just, I hate it. Everything about it rubs me the wrong way, right? And it's just fucking, I can't. Like, immediately I was like, that's that's why I don't fuck with this. That's, like, like did we make, like, did I, did I shit on this music because it wasn't good? And it's like, oh, no, I shit on it because this is ridiculous, bro. Like, who are you? And then, you know, man, so, like, then, anyways. I, I decided I would keep, li- like, because the song was stuck in my head. So I decided to keep listening to it, but I certainly wasn't going to watch that video again. Um, also, bro, the fucking, him dragging his finger down his face like a fucking tear. Get out of my <laughs> face, bro. He's got the long black hair covering one eye. Like, he's constantly having to flip it out of the way. He's like the fucking emo kids in South Park. Like, they're <laughs> a caricature, but also this guy. Um, So, like, that was my problem, right? Mm-hmm. So then, like, after work, you know, after the day's almost over, and I've, you know, been binging this song, I'm like, let me take a look at this video one more time. Like, to just fucking, you know, see how I feel about it. And so I'm watching the video, right? I'm watching the video, and let me look through my uh, my phone here so I can fucking find this picture that I feel like is the one I want you to see. Um, I guess I'm going to go with this one. So this picture right here i don't think it was in the ones i already sent you this should be the last picture i'm gonna send you i saw it and i was like you know what 
maybe I'm being too hard on this fucking guy. Because I'm like, you know, if he's just fucking 18 or 19, right? He's just mm. got so much fucking just angst, right? He's just out here just like mad at the world. You know, maybe like you don't have good ways to channel that as you know what I mean? Like as an adult, mm-hmm. you cope with those feelings better and you become a more functioning human being. But yeah. I was like, this guy was making music. Well, you know, maybe this is just his thing. So I was like, maybe I'm just being too hard on him. So the thing is that last picture I just sent you, mm-hmm. I saw that and I was like, he does look kind of young, right? Yeah. I was like, but the thing is, so then I had this thought. I was like, how young could he have been? He's in a fucking band. He sings extremely well. He's super popular at this time, right? Like, it's not like he's 16. So I'm like, how old is he? And when I tell you, I Mm. looked up the year this man was born. And it was in the 70s. Oh my gosh. So he was was, 30? He was 28 at the time of this video. He was a 28-year-old man fucking wearing all sorts of fucking pale foundation fucking black hair doing all the teen angsty shit like you were 28 fucking years old bro before your band blew up right like i was talking to a friend about this and we were dying laughing because you're like you know he didn't dress and act like this before the band blew up like he wasn't a 26 year old showing up with the fucking spike studded wristbands (laughs) to his office job bro like Bro, the interview he took right before his band blew up, he was with his boss. Do you guys match my 401k contributions? Like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here, bro. What are you? You're 28 <laughs> years old acting like this. I, I lost all respect immediately. Again, I was back off of it. I was like, bro, you know this man was driving a fucking champagne-colored Corolla to work, like, in his fucking regular dress pants and button-down. And now he's over here fucking screaming, grabbing his face. I... I can't. I just can't. Like it's it's too much. And the to to take this on a slightly darker uh turn here is that the one thing my friend brought up was like he was like, you know, there were like also the fans of this group I mean, here's the thing, could be wrong, but I feel like the fans of this group at this time was solely like middle school and high school. Like, I don't think there were other 28-year-olds out here fucking banging the My Chemical Romance at the time that they were popular. So, the darker turn is he was like, you know, there was a band called, I think, The Lost Prophets that that they're like, either their lead singer or multiple people in the band got busted for, uh, you know, having relations with underage girls. Hmm. And then he was like, and you know... Jared Leto was the same kind of music, and he was 30 Seconds to Mars. You know how we think about that. And he was like, you think it's kind of weird that these guys are doing this, like, teen angsty shit, and, like, all of their followers are, like, middle schoolers and high schoolers. Like, how many of these people do you think were probably getting involved with with underage (laughs) women? And I was like, probably fucking all of them, because, like... Like, this guy's at a concert, he's fucking everyone in the crowd's amped, and then you find out they're all 17, like, I don't know, but this dude's 28 years old, the whole thing's gross now, like, like in my head, I'm like, this is gross, you're fucking weird, like, we were talking about, like, 28 years old, he was a, he went to his 10-year high school reunion like that, bro, like, and I was like, and they probably had to have chaperones because he brought his girlfriend who was actually a student at that school at the time. Like, <laughs> oh man, it's fucking awful. But like, yeah. 
when I told you, bro, I saw it was like 77 was the year he was born. And I was like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, you're not even an 80s baby. You're a 70s baby. What the fuck? Oh, man. So, like, yeah, I just, for what it's, if anybody's listening, like, go watch the video to Lena. See this guy acting like he's 15-year-old, not in control of his emotions. And then realize it's a grown-ass fucking man acting this way. <laughs> and just be, like, the most confused you've ever been in your entire life. Uh, yeah, um, yeah I know you messaged me about the songs, and um, it's interesting because those are the two songs I had. Because I, I, I never, so back in those days, like, I was in middle school, I liked alternative music. And a little bit of hip hop, but I, I miss I like just ducked out. I missed out right at the beginning of like My Chemical Romance and Panic at the Disco and yeah. a couple of others other ones. It was just a couple years too late for me. Or and I, and I the thing I was is, too early. I'm assuming um, you like me picked up on still the super popular ones by them, right? So like, I don't know any Panic at the Disco song except I Rise Sins Were Not Tragedies, right? Like, yes, mm-hmm. like that one. I don't know any My Chemical Romance song. Except Helena and Welcome to the Black Parade. Yeah, same, same. Like those are the two that actually. When you told me that, I was like, I have these two on my phone. Like from from basically from then. Like I just had them. I was I would listen to them. Um, there's like the one song by Thirty Seconds to Mars that everyone. Oh, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah, yeah. Like those are the ones I know. I don't know any of the other shit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I missed out on those. And so um, no, but I mean, my, you know, My Chemical Romance still sounds great. Um, say oh, like Hawthorne Heights and like some other places. Yeah. Um, but My Chemical Romance or not My Chemical Romance, um, Black Parade. That's a great song at like a karaoke place. Or um, a couple months back, we went to like an emo night, which pretty much meant like no, it wasn't. It was an emo. All night. dressed like this fucking night. guy. No, well, <laughs> so it, it wasn't an emo night. It was a pop punk night. So which basically meant played. Blink 182. Um, right. yeah, just so you know, my my head. Here's the thing: I don't know a single Blink 182 song. I completely missed that train. Like I couldn't tell you a single Blink 182 song off the top of my head. I'm sure if you name one, I'd be like, oh yeah, oh yeah. But like, you all said the small pop. things. That one doesn't even ring a bell. Um, maybe if I heard it. But you said pop punk night. I was like, oh, Travis Barker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Blink 182, Sum 41, A Simple Plan. <laughs> Right. What was the other band? Starting line. So they they played like basically it was like sixty percent Blink One Eighty Two, um, because I think people don't want to know, don't want to fucking tell people that they remember pop punk songs. But Blink One Eighty Two was sort of bridges the gap, and they played um, Black Parade, and it sounds awesome. Like it sounds awesome live, and it, and it picks up, and it's like one of those slow build ones. And I, think- I saw I saw a thing where they said that Welcome to the Black Parade was basically. They think My Chemical Romance's attempt at pulling something off like Bohemian Rhapsody, which is that yeah. it's like not even really in their genre, but they like make it their own. And the thing is, when I listen to that song, I'm like, totally, 100% get it. Like, I listened to it with that note in mind, and I was like, oh, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a great song, and you know, it still works great. But yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, I just missed out on like the emo and scene and, and stuff. And um, I probably would have been there if I would have been like maybe two or three years younger, but, um, but I, I got, you know, the alternative stuff, you know, Breaking Benjamin, Avenged Sevenfold, Linkin Park, you know, a little bit of Green Day, although they're more punk. But... I feel like, yeah, I don't know where that split is, right? Like, cause I feel like Linkin Park is the closest thing to this, like Mind Chemical Romance stuff that like, but isn't it right? Cause I think yes. it's like considered so, like new metal. And yeah. So, like... so they, they somehow survived the new metal like extension. So if you remember like <laughs> right. early two thousands, you got like POD, Papa Roach, 
um what was another one uh the yeah. alien ant, ant farm so they all sort of sound it's like this sort of like imagine a guy with long jean shorts and a t-shirt and a backwards hat so like a fred right. durst looking motherfucker so that's like <laughs> that's all like lincoln park and that's like from like 90 or like 98 to like 2001 and then they got the jay-z co-sign <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, that's what i was gonna say is that you know all of the other ones like around like 2001 oh um we have Papa Roach, they, did, they had like scars and like last resort and stuff, and they all just kind of went like overnight, just poof. Like, just, Bro, last resort like, just fucked me up. I like literally just wanted to scream that for no reason. I didn't even really fuck with that song. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and, and it's like that kind of. I, I, I probably did. It would not be a stretch to say that 9 11 killed new metal, right? God like, damn. It's sort of like outward. <laughs> I, I oh, man, said Alog Bar, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> fucking new metal was gone. New metal was gone Bro, because it's like you have this, like uh, you know, it's, it, the terrorists behind... ran onto the stage at WWE, and new metal was dead. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow, Lincoln Park sort of filtered through and sort of bridged the gap between that and like sort of pop punk from two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand five, and then eventually you have like this sort of My Chemical Romance, Panic at the Disco, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, sort of scene, and then kind of goes dormant from that as long as i can tell yeah. um but it, let me see that yeah 20 years of new metal the rising um, this article from the guardian in the 90s rock combined rap with dubious hair to spawn a new sound corn kerrang what do you man all right so what do you think was the precursor to that though what do you think was the, the thing that to, led into new metal? To new metal like what was the what's the word i'm looking for canary in the coal mine uh, that usually means like shit's about to go bad but that's not really what i'm saying but like the first sign that um, like something was gonna branch off i don't know how old it is but the another band that like goes into my head and like timeline wise in my head they're clearly before is like rage against the machine yes yeah and they're before that so then and they sort of yeah you got rage before and i think they're like early 90s or mid 90s and then I'm sure everything that is comes... like a limb. Off, every, all of the new metal stuff, I feel like, is like a limb off of the Rage Against the Machines branch, right? Like, like they're yeah. the they're the start of like eh, this is different. Yeah, um, yeah. Like this article I'm reading, I'm skimming through. It's like you know, but then also it, it just sort of it all comes from like sort of like grunge in the U.S. And then also heavy metal from UK, and it sort of just trickles down and oozes down, right? Because like you said, you know, you have Bright Rage Against the Machine, and then you have something like Marilyn Manson, which is more like heavy metal, and then that sort of just bleeds into it. And then of course you got hip hop, which is exploding in the '90s and becoming more um, <clears throat> like mainstream. Right? You got uh, Jay Z, and then Biggie, and Tupac. So it all just sort of bleeds into this late 1990s Lincoln Park type sound right but they're the only right. ones that i mean lincoln park hybrid theory their first album sold 10 million copies right like 10 million i think i bought like, that album <laughs> just yeah. says a heads up i had it physical physical <laughs> I had that like, cd, CD. <laughs> yeah hybrid theory i have the vinyl downstairs right like it is like a seminal a piece of like uh music for me and uh, i remember when when chester uh bennington uh passed away an article I wrote was like, you know, in another universe, they're seen as the, uh, the Nirvana from the two thousands, this band that came right. in with a completely different sound, except instead of, you know, ushering in grunge and something like Soundgarden and Chris Cornell and you know, queen of the stone age, you end up with everybody making fun of them because they happen to sound too much like Fred Durst. Right. So it's sort right. of, I think, um, I think the only reason it's different than Nirvana is that, Oh boy, that was gonna be that. I was gonna play a tempting note, but uh, I was I was gonna say like 
I don't like. Is there a chance that Nirvana would have had the same fate as Linkin Park if they had stuck around and overstayed their welcome? Because yeah. the thing mm-hmm. is that ultimately, like, while mm-hmm. like uh, Chester's death was much further down the line, right? Like, mm-hmm. if yeah. it had happened after Hybrid Theory, Linkin Park might be right with Nirvana as this like super like. It, it happens with everything too. Biggie, Tupac, like same idea. Like whenever anybody, Barry Sanders, whenever any anything is cut short in its prime, you're immediately like, it could have been the best. <laughs> it could have right, been the right. great. It could have been mean, the goat. Something like something like, even like Nipsey Hussle, right? Like right. for a while, I was like, oh, he's just a rapper, and then now he's like, oh, remember him? He was fantastic. And it's like, I'm sure he was a great guy, but it's like you know, everybody just you know sort of. Lionizes yeah. when people leave too soon, and it's totally hu- normal human behavior. It happens, mm-hmm. right? But you know, um, I think you're right because then even at, toward the end, you know, Lincoln Park when they released an album in 2007, they completely changed their sound and became more of a conventional rock band. And I remember listening to it and being like, "What is this?" Right? Like, this is not what I came for. Is that right? But of course, now I look back and go, "But like, if I see why you had same, to make this." <laughs> yeah. yeah, like if I were, if it would remain the same, I would have been like, "Well, they're not branching out; they're just coming up with the same stuff every time," right? Mm-hmm. Um, here, I'm trying to read the band. I'm trying to read the fucking, I, I looked up New Metal 9-11 and then somebody. Yeah, just so you it. know, that's the name of the episode, right? It's like 9-11 killed New Metal. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the name of the episode. Oh, oh man. Yeah. And then, oh, you know what it was? So like 9-11 happens and then it's like a mix of a bunch of other stuff. Well, remember, I mean, it, it sounds crazy to us now, but remember in 9-11, like, there was like a list of songs that they were like, you cannot play this, right? Like people, like, I, I think we sort of forget and stuff, but like people kind of like, it, it was like this, like, 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 I don't say lost their minds, but it was com- like, do you remember seeing those pictures in like Time Magazine of like how they had hollowed out a mountain and there was like a city inside of a mountain in Afghanistan? Do you remember that? And it's like, well, here's where they play football and here's where they play soccer and it's under a mountain. It is like that kind of stuff. It's like, there was like a list of literal songs that the the government was like, you can't play these because it's just not the right time and stuff. And I don't, here's the deal. I 100% believe you. It all seems reasonable. I feel like I missed all that. <laughs> I, man, I think I just kept pushing. I was like, hey, whatever, dog. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to school tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the Strokes, that's another thing. Like in the 2000s, that, that yeah. sort of led to some like Franz Ferdinand and those kind yep. of like bands. And so, yeah, like after 9-11, just you know, nobody wanted to be like, Let's go! Fuck it! Beat the shit out of people, right? Yeah. Um, Nobody wanted to be a Fred Durst-looking motherfucker after 9-11. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, yeah. anyways. um, This this, is my larger point, though. Is that My Chemical Romance was pretty good until I realized the lead singer was a grown-ass man acting like this. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he, he was doing the Steve Buscemi thing. Like, he he wore the black button-up with the red tie and the fucking eye, what is it, eyeliner and mascara. It was like, how do you do, fellow kids? Like, mm-hmm. get the fuck out of here. Oh, man. He's like 50-something now, I think. I gotta, um, I gotta find this fucking thread. I will look for it, but it's basically somebody... Either on 9-11 or on the certain anniversary of, like, the invasion in Iraq or one of those. They put up a long thread about 
It's like people don't remember, but people kind of lost their fucking minds. And it was like a picture of somebody being like, they're not called French fries, they're freedom fries. Because oh, I do remember support. that. So like that kind of stuff, right? And there was let me see. I'm about to send it to you. Let's see. Um, I think it was Time magazine. Oh, Afghanistan mountain picture. It's like the CIA thinks that this is what Osama bin Laden's compound looks like. Oh, fuck. I'm not going to be able to find it. Maybe it wasn't Time Magazine, but I don't have time to look at it. But I'll send yeah. you. Yeah, dude. It's just it like from being a kid and being like, wow, they have like a whole city. It looked like a honeycomb and like a beehive. And of course, that's <laughs> not what it was at all, right? Because he was just right. in like a compound in Pakistan. So, like, yeah, I mean, it, understandably, traumatic time, but it was like, People just kind of went like, oh bananas. my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah, bananas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and whereas now, like, traumatic shit happens, everybody just keeps pushing, doesn't even yeah. mention it, because it doesn't fit whatever they want to talk about. Exactly, yeah. But, oh, um, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah, my chemical romance, just like, you know, everything just leads to something else, right? You can, it all, even if it's a different sound, even if it's a different look, you can just feed it back to either a backlash or a change of something, right? So, like... Right. You have something like Lady Gaga come in 2010 with a completely different style of pop just because everything was so cookie cutter. Had become so homogenized. Like it was all just, this all sounds the same. Here you go. Exactly. Came up with something weird. That she took a while for me to come around on. I I didn't really fuck with her music at first. I was like, this is kind of extra weird. Like it was the same way the My Chemical Romance thing. I was like, y'all are kind of fucking weird. Yeah. yeah, The Rara's, you're like, what is this? But then you look back and you're like, wait. I mean, yes, it was, it was, it was, um, let's say it was provocative, but that's the name of the game, right? Like, like yeah. what are we doing here, right? Like, and it was pop music, right? So, um, man, uh, yeah, never mind. I just won't even bring that up. But yeah, that's, that was, uh, yeah, it was super different. And so, like, half of it's like you being like, what the fuck is this? And it being just enough to get you to listen to it and, you know, hook enough people to stay on board. Uh, you know, with when new stuff like that comes out, so that's uh, that's all I wanted to talk about. All you know, that's the only other thing I've listened to. Um, very briefly, we can touch on these uh, these Emmy nominations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Emmy nominations came out, I believe, yesterday morning, mm-hmm. and um, you know, hundreds and dozens of nominations, and it's not like the Oscars. I mean, the Oscars only has twenty four categories, while the Emmys has. Everything you could possibly imagine. <laughs> Cinematography, blocking, writing, directing for comedies, for dramas, for you know, nonfiction, for fiction, for shorts, for anthologies, for everything. Basically everything except fucking catering. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the most nominated shows were uh, Succession with 25, Ted Lasso with 20, um, White Lotus with 20, Hacks with 17, and then Murders in the Building. Only Murders in the Building also at 17. Yeah. Um and uh, all great shows and all you know, uh, Barry got a bunch of nominations too, um but um but yeah, yeah I mean you know they were announcing them yesterday and they were like best comedy actor category and it's like like stacked stacked right I think it's um let me see let me see if I can pull up the the nominees real quick I'm trying to look it up so it looks like Bill Hader for Barry. Mm-hmm. Jason Sudeikis, Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso. Fuck. Steve Martin for Only Murders in the Building. Yep. Martin Short for Only Murders in the Building. Uh, Donald Glover for Atlanta. And then uh, is it Larry David? 
maybe. Okay, this actually might not have been a super accurate list. Um, trying to find it now. That was actually a list of predictions for nominees. Um, I mean, that was right. That was those were all the ones. I mean, as far as I can tell, those four, first five. Let me see. But um, but yeah, I mean, that's even even just like Jason Sudeikis and um. Let me see if I can find it. What's it? All right, here's a complete. That's blackish, but that's not, I think this is last. That, so this, so all right, the I feel like the one you're talking about was also blackish, and it was like listing like that. Is it yellow? Is there a lot of yellow on it? I think so. Okay, so no, I think yeah, I think this is it. Yeah, yeah, it was Anthony Anderson for blackish. So I mean, that's the six. I mean, I don't watch blackish, but I've heard Anthony Anderson is very good in it. So, but still, you know, Donald Glover, Bill Hader, right, Jason. Hold on, I just looked it up. It's not. It's not him. Oh. It's Nicholas Holt for the Great. It looks like. Oh, 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 oh yeah. These are predictions. God, what am I doing? Fucking predictions. But yeah, um, and I've heard great things about the Great. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard um, anything about it, but I, I'm sure. Um, yeah. it's great because, like you said, everything else in here is pretty top tier. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, that's a murderer's row. And somebody was like, they should do an Emmy category that's like best comedy, and in parentheses put lighthearted or like funny or like <laughs> right. you know not scary because not very because exactly, <laughs> dude the best comedy the for, for quote quote best comedy is literally barry next to abbott elementary and like right. i've heard abbott, i haven't watched abbott elementary but i've heard it's very good and i heard it's very like it's like it, you know we talked about before it's like the best version of that right it's like the best right. funniest version of like a like the office bit. right like yeah, it's, it's, like it's not trying to do anything it's not trying to like be anything greater it's just like no we're making a funny thing yeah we're making a funny thing like like isn't it wacky how this is like your office isn't it wacky this is how schools are and it's like that except with you know going up against barry about vengeance right <laughs> like, exactly like, i mean technically barry is funny but like sheesh like <laughs> right like if anything yeah. it should be in the drama right like i feel like there's more i do think to- it should be in the drama and uh, it's funny because like an episode of succession i think there's an episode of succession where he forget he gets a uti and he forgets to take his pills and so he fuck, he goes like piss mad he like starts like slurring his words and, and it, it's like one of the funniest hours of television i've ever seen but it's probably that has more laughs in it than fucking like the darkest episode of barry so right it, it just it, it makes no sense i mean i think dude i literally think the way that they categorize it is like oh it's 30 minutes Oh, it's a comedy. I think. Oh, so. it's more than thirty minutes. It's a drama. And I'm like, oh, what, what, what? How did? How does Unless they outwardly state we are a comedy, they will like right. just put you in there. Because I know, um, only murders in the building is, I think, you know, about an hour. But I think they pretty much go. It is literally Steve yeah, Martin. It's Steve Martin and Martin comedy. Short. Yeah, it has yeah. to be a comedy. There's it nothing is a else comedy. To be. I swear. Look at our look at our font. For the love of God, we are not a drama. <laughs> um. Same thing with the White Lotus. Well, but that's like a that's a short series, right? That doesn't really count. Um, the, the craziest thing to me is that out of all these all these Emmy nominated shows, like these, I think it's five or six you just listed that have the most nominations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't watched a single episode of a single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like I've been doing better about trying to catch up with some TV stuff that was important, but like ultimately I haven't watched any of those. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, well, which one would be the easiest one? Probably Only Murders, but that's also well. I don't know. Well, because the White Lotus, it was supposed to be like a short series, but it did so well that they they're doing like a, an anthology series. Mm-hmm. But that one was only I think like seven episodes, and then Hacks is sixteen episodes, but they're each a half hour, so about eight hours. 
So probably, yeah, probably Hacks would be your, your easiest. Which like, I have started. But I don't think Hacks is on that list of the most nominated ones you had, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah 17. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It was, Sorry. It was tied with only murders. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, because, yeah, Succession, I mean, I think this was season three, but they're all in hours that you're looking at, like, 20-something hours. Ted Lasso is probably the one I'm the most like, oh, I really need to watch that out of all Yeah, this. <laughs> and that one was season two, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that one's about, like, 10 hours, 10-ish, maybe I feel 12-ish. like Ted Lasso's... Ted Lasso is... Uh, it's hard for me to say this without having actually watched it, but just based on what I hear people talk about it, I feel like Ted Lasso in spirit is probably the most drama a comedy should get. Like, because I I feel like I hear things about like bigger picture stuff and messages it's trying to put forth. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. like, it's not like it's just funny to be funny, but Mm -hmm. I feel like basically everything I've heard is that it's still like on its face, very clearly trying to be funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like Abbott if, like, they wanted to put a little bit more into it, right? Right. But not, like, Barry levels of it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, Barry, or, like, I I think Ted Lasso might be the most amount of, like, drama and heaviness that you could have in something that should be considered a comedy. Whereas, like, Barry is in the as-opposite direction, despite how much I love it. But um, but yeah, I think well, the, and the nice thing is that all of these, you know, the, these with the most nominations, all of them, you could get into. I mean, I want to say easily, like Succession is probably the hardest one. But even that, you know, I think one of them has like eight episodes, and they're only like an hour each. Like that's like the most one that takes the most to get into it. You know, before it was like the most nominations, Boston Legal, watched seven seasons, <laughs> twenty-two episodes each, each one forty-two minutes. Yeah, Grey's Anatomy, you know, twenty-something nominations. You want to watch 15 seasons, each one an hour, like over 200 hours. And it's like, no, right? Like, but now right. I think, um, you know, I think next year there probably won't be a third season of Hacks by then. So, you know, I think there's more flavor of the year type shows because shows don't come out as evenly as they used to. But I think that's right. a good thing because then people don't feel like they can't scale those mountains, right? Like I said, like if, if I saw Grey's Anatomy on here, I'd be like, nope, no way, no way. But if I hadn't seen Succession, I'd be like, 20, like the most nominated show. Also, I, I just feel like that time gives, a, that that time in between just leads to a better product, right? Like yeah, if you're not oh, having to fucking churn out another season instantly, then you're going to have more time to fucking really piece together a story you want to tell. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure you saw... Um, or maybe I mentioned it on here about how they were about to film the um, Righteous Gemstones right before COVID, like literally like that, that month or the month after. And of course it got shut down, but then they, they literally just scrapped the whole season that they had planned and just rewrote the whole thing again. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, they were just like, well, this isn't, this is just okay. But then like, we got more time. Let's just use it correctly. Right. There's no need to be like, we got to put it out right away. Don't you dare delete a letter. We got to put out one for the shareholders and shit, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, Emmy-nominated shows, I've heard good things about all of them. Um, The only one I actually really hadn't heard anything about was White Lotus. That's, like, one that Mm. I I feel like I hadn't heard anything around. Like, I've heard Mm -hmm. people talk about Succession. I've heard people talk about Ted Lasso and all that. But um, the White Lotus was the one I was, like, a blind spot for me. I hadn't heard nothing about. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Yeah, man, TV seems to just be, like, getting stronger and stronger, right? Like, I feel like there's less and less shit that, like, I don't know. Like, I 
You know what it is? I think streaming services other than Netflix have decided to put out a lot of good TV. And so, like, I feel like Netflix for a while had a monopoly on just, like, regular TV shows slightly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, boy, they were just churning out dog shit. <laughs> yeah, they were just like, oh, we don't have to worry about it. Um, So, at the time of this recording, it's about two weeks after the end of quarter two. Which means we're about to get the number of subscribers, maybe before the next episode, of Netflix. And it's going to be fucking brutal. Yeah, um, I feel like I've heard a lot of bad things are coming uh, in regards to that news. They're estimating a loss of 2 million subscribers. Oof! Um, which would be... Basically, like they're not going to fix the problems. They're just going to panic and do the wrong thing on everything. Right. They're right. going to be like, oh, uh, um, we're not going to give good directors movies. Shut it down. Shut it down. We're not giving Scorsese $200 million to make a three-hour Irish movie epic about death and regret. Shut it down. <laughs> right. They're just going to be like, you know, which is what they should do, right? They should focus on making new shows and putting effort behind them. Be like, oh, just keep making Stranger Things. We want a thousand Stranger Things. Bring back, I don't know what, to, we want 20 Squid Games. This is, <laughs> I don't care, right? Yeah. Um, Squid Guy. Yeah, give all the TikTok kids shows. Give Addison <laughs> Rae her own TV show. Um, so they're gonna learn the wrong lessons, but it's gonna be rough for them. Um, my favorite thing is that like, man, I feel like I don't, I don't know how Netflix didn't see this coming, right? Like, I guess not necessarily that things were gonna go like south, south. Like maybe they, I could. I could see Netflix being blind to the fact that the things aren't being received as well. And then, like, all of a sudden, they're like, whoa, people don't think our movies and shows are good. Like, I can see that. But I guess, like, they keep shooting for subscriber growth. And at some point, there aren't more people. Right? Like, there aren't more people with access to great internet that are going to subscribe to a service. Like, you know what I mean? Like... This growth is not infinite. Like there, there are yeah. literally a defined number of people you could possibly reach. Exactly, and, and that's 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 what um, I forget who I was reading the article about that, where they were like, you know, this is. I mean, right now Netflix is getting burned, but it will be Disney soon. And what's going to happen when Wall Street goes? Hey, you told us last month or last quarter that there was going to be a three percent rise in subscribers, but now there's only one one, one and a half. And it's like, you can't be going off infinite growth forever because what's going to end up happening is they're going to panic and then people are going to lose their jobs when everything is fine because people, like you said, there's only a certain number of people that want to buy it, right? At a certain right. point, you just reach the cap and you just go, oh, we have 100 million subscribers, but it just goes up and down, like maybe a million here, a million there, a million there, up and down, just like that because that's just the way it goes, right? Like it, right. Going off of infinite growth is going to burn Disney and it's going to fucking burn Netflix. It's going to burn all these It's going to burn the... The most uh, disheartening and hilarious thing I read, uh, it wasn't about a streaming service, but in terms of, like these big monsters like running, like not seeing the finish line, was that like I saw an article that said Amazon was like having internal talks about what to do when they've ran through all their employees. Like, all oh, possible yes, employees. Yes. Mm-hmm. That they're like, hold on. Like, our turnover is super high because we treat people like dog shit. And we don't pay them off. Like, what are we going to do when there's not a single person on Earth that hasn't worked for Amazon already? Like, because mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. we thr- our whole business model thrives 
on being able to get someone in to do more work than they should for the price that we pay them and exploit them until they leave. So what happens when there are no more people left to exploit? Holy shit. And it's like, it's not as grim, but it's the same idea. Like, I don't understand how Netflix didn't see you're going to run out of people. Like, Like, they're... Man, it's not like blockbusters were out here like, what if we rent... (laughs) <laughs> blockbusters in like a small town and they're like what if we rent five movies to every citizen in this town and that's how we grow and it's like no like it's some Rich point run out of people maxed right? out like, yeah it's the ultimate 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 version of that tweet that says you know me sowing ha fuck yeah <laughs> yes yeah. and then me later me reaping well this fucking sucks what the fuck but the thing right. is, the fucked up part about this is the reaping wasn't even bad. The reaping was good. You have, like, the reaping was like, hey, you actually did reach an astronomical number of people willing to pay for your shit. There's just not any more. And they were like, doom and gloom. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, we're going under. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, like you can just, I promise, well... I was going to say, I promise you're making enough money, but Netflix, it's like the weird capitalist thing where it's like, yeah, Netflix is actually losing money a lot. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and that's just, how, we, I mean, everything I've heard the last, you know, five or six years is like Uber is losing money. And it's like, so why do I still have the app? Like how, you know, it's just, they just keep maybe going. The, no, eventually we'll make money. Eventually we'll make money. And maybe the only reason they're able to keep losing money in operating is because of the infinite promised growth. So maybe that's yeah. why it's such a fire in the hole whenever that doesn't happen. Yeah. Is that like I mean, people glad... people are looking around at Netflix but like it, it, for the last four years I'm like, yes, we're losing money, but we're still growing. And then it's yeah. like you get the year where you didn't grow and you're like, What why am I still losing money? <laughs> it's like, well <laughs> I always used to think, I would tell people, you know, I used to think when I was a teenager, I'd be like, Fuck man, I'm too early, man. Like I I I I'm not here for the space shit. I'm not going to hear for everything. But then you know, news recently makes me go, eh, I, I kind of came at the perfect time. Maybe a little bit too late. Right. And I feel like that about this as well, where I'm like, you know, I was like, oh, no, you know, I, I'm too early for the Avatar movies. But it's like, no, you know, I was here when Avatar or when Avatar, when Netflix was giving, you know, $150 million to fucking Zack Snyder to make a weird zombie movie. And then... You know, and Uber was giving me a ride to the airport for 10 bucks, right? Right. So I feel like I came at just the right time because shit's about to get hairy in every facet. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy Netflix while I can, enjoy Uber while I can, enjoy the planet while I can, um, because, uh, you know, the bills come and due in all yeah. three ways. And I, I mean, again, more doom and gloom, but like I have one friend that's like, yeah, man, I think I'm just going to like move out of the US, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, just to be clear, like the shit's not great everywhere else either. <laughs> exactly. It's like you think you realize you're on the same planet, <laughs> right? He was I mean, like, I always tell people he, he listed one place. I can't remember which one it was, but like one was like, man, I could be wrong about this, but I think one was Ireland, and I think Ireland's like like very close to sea level. And I was like, that might not be the place you want to go. <laughs> exactly. And- and that's when this about, water you know, people... starts rising, like, you might not want to be there. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, uh, people always, you know, when, especially when, you know, when Trump, when Trump was elected or, you know, now with the with Supreme Court stuff or, you know, anything else bad that's happened, they're like, oh, I'm just going to move to Canada. You know, there's fascism in the U.S. I'm going to move to Canada. And I'm always like, okay, but you realize that, like, the U.S., like, isn't just a small 
country, right? Like you, you think if U.S. became a fascist country, that they would just look at the bastion of freedom of Canada next door and be like, oh, look, they're having so much fun over there. Right. Look at them having their freedom. No! It, and the thing is, is for me, it goes both ways, right? Like people are super worried about this turning into like a fascist dictatorship, whatever. And like, I get it. I do see the, the writing on the wall. But like that same level of importance that makes you think that they're not going to just look at Canada and be like, that's cool. Like, also leads me to believe, hopefully, that, like, if shit really starts going bananas south, I feel like some of these other countries are going to have to get involved, right? Exactly. And that's what <laughs> like, I was like, like, the UK, France, like, all these people who are allies with us at the moment are, are going to have to see the United States being one of the biggest, most aggressive and largest countries and powerful countries and be like, all right, maybe we should step in because this is going to go real south for us if we don't. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. That's what I told them, too. I was like, look, you think you can get away with it and move to Europe? But imagine the U.S., like, imagine all the countries, like, just people having, you know, a dinner around a dinner table, right? Yeah. The U.S. is the biggest, largest dude, just the biggest fat dude. If he stands up and he has a stroke and he grabs the tablecloth as he goes down, where do you think all the food's going, right? <laughs> right. He's going to grab it and he's going to pull it all down with him because that's just the way it is. Also, no also, also, I was like, what, you want to move to the UK? Guess what? They elected the literal closest thing to the guy we got here. Like, <laughs> he looks like him. He dresses like He acts like him. talks like him. Like, it, fuck, I'm not saying Boris Johnson's as bad, but, uh, mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, they didn't do much better. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, Dan Harmon talks about and it's, I remember years ago, I might have already sent this to you, but years ago, I think about five or six years ago, then I, I never quite got fascism or like I never quite understood it. I was like, does it just mean like a dictatorship? Like I, I didn't quite get the, the eth- like what fascism is in terms of like an ethos. Like, like what is it? Right. Until I listened to Harmon talk about it because he said, he's like, you know, he's like, he's like, um, if I remember this correctly, he says fascism is a cancer. He said it will eat your country. He's like, unless your country stabs it out, it cuts it out. Nothing happens, nothing good happens when you have cancer, right? Because, you know, it doesn't respond to love. It doesn't respond to hate. It doesn't respond to attention. It doesn't respond to lack of attention. It just grows and grows until you stab it or you cut it out because that's just the way it goes. And that's when it clicked for me where I was like, oh, it's not a brain. It is not a dictator. It's not, it's not um, an identity. It's not a person. It is a boot. It is just one big boot where if you don't look like the people wearing it, you will be under it. And that right. is it. There is no face. There is nothing. There is just a crush. Um, and that's what I was like, oh, that's what it is. It's right. faceless. It is overwhelming. And it won't be coming flashing in, you know, big fucking, you know, uh, costumes and what we think about, like a dictator in South America or in right. Asia or whatever. It's just a force led by some people that will just crush everything and anything in its path. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the Emmys, the Emmys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. How did we even get here? Um, <laughs> fucking Netflix, bro. Netflix. Oh, yeah, Netflix. Anyway, Netflix, back to the Netflix. way we got to Netflix was TV's looking better. Unlike when Netflix, uh, was, was, was the main purveyor of television. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, the Emmys, uh, a lot of good shows on there <laughs> and, uh, 
you know and enjoy them while you can because yeah, you know exactly yeah because you know there could be a giant crushing poop coming um but <laughs> but that's the episode for this week um oh. if you want to catch me you can catch me at team money bags on instagram and twitter and i'm at evercaster 92 on instagram you can catch the podcast at different animals pod on instagram and twitter or you can email us different animals podcast at gmail.com as usual stay safe stay entertained and we'll catch you guys next week later guys peace